to gear it more toward the, the younger ones. And if you're a younger one here this morning, it says, today I learned, I'm going to be telling a couple of different stories. And you can, you can write down or draw maybe the story uh, that I'm telling in your own, you know, your own language. If you want to write it down, if you want to draw it out, it's totally fine. You can use this. And uh, I'd love to see it, too, after the service. I'd love to, love to see your pictures. All right, so I want to... I want to tell you uh, or read you a story about a little boy, okay? Um, and this little boy, as I tell this story, um, he loved Christmas. He absolutely loved Christmas. He would come and he would, uh, each year, he would look under his tree and he, he loved Christmas because he had so many presents that were under the tree, so many gifts that he saw. And each year he would count the gifts that the friends and the relatives would bring to his house. And, and he loved counting the gifts because they, a lot of them belonged to him. And he sat there and he would count them over and over again. And when he found one with his name on it, he basically was so excited because he just loved Christmas and he loved getting gifts. And, and there were so many gifts for him. And he would separate the gifts out. He would separate them, the ones with his name on them, with his sister Karen's name on them, and his mom and his daddy would separate all those gifts out. And then he would count them again. And each time he counted them, he had the most. And as each day passed, he counted them over and over. And he always had the most. And he was very happy about his gifts. And he was very happy about Christmas. He loved Christmas. But go under there, separate all the gifts out, count them all up. And every time he counted them, he was the youngest in the family. And he had the most. Well... One day, he looked under the tree, and he counted the gifts, and something was terribly wrong, terribly wrong. His sister had more gifts than he had under the tree. This just, this just can't be, he thought to himself. This, there's something wrong here. I mean, he, every time, every Christmas, he would thank his parents, and he would thank God, and he would say to God in his prayer, thank you, God, for Christmas, and for always giving me the most gifts under the tree. And he was happy about Christmas, and he was happy about his gifts. But all of a sudden now, he counted the gifts, and there were more for his sister under the tree than there were there for him. And he ran to his mother, and he said to his mom, Karen has more gifts under the tree than I do. What gives? I don't understand it. And his mother sat him down, and she said, Do you have any right to be angry about the gifts? Did you, you didn't buy any of the gifts. You didn't work for the gifts. And she said, you have everything you need, and Karen has everything she needs. We love you very much, and the relatives love you, and your friends love you. You have what you need, and Karen has what she needs. Well, (laughs) instead of having a good attitude, he was not happy at all, and he cried to his mother. He said, my Christmas is ruined. I mean ruined ruined and he ran upstairs and he slammed the door of his bedroom how could it be that someone had more gifts than he had and every single day he would come home from school and he would go up in his room and he would pout and he pouted up in his room so frustrated he couldn't enjoy the christmas season anymore because he couldn't get past the fact of how unfair it was it was so unfair that someone would have more christmas presents under the tree than he did. And see, what that little boy didn't understand, what he didn't understand is that Christmas is not about how many Christmas presents you have under the tree, if you have more than someone else. It's about sharing what you have with others. 
It's about giving and sharing and having that Christmas spirit, that right attitude that Christ would have. That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about God, the Father, sending his son, Jesus, into the world. His greatest gift, God's greatest gift to all of us, because he loved us so much, was to send his son into the world to save us, because he loves us that much. Well, one day John the Baptist was talking to a bunch of people. They gathered around him, and in Luke chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, it says this, What should we do then, the crowd asked, and John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should give, should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. If you have two shirts, then you should give one of those shirts to someone who doesn't have a shirt. And if you have food and someone else doesn't have food, John the Baptist said you should give them some food as well. You should share what you have. That's the kind of attitude that we should have. Jesus loves us. And he wants us to care about other people. He wants us to love other people. There's a verse that I absolutely love, and it's by the Apostle Paul. And it's in Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to read you verses 3 and 4. And it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition. It says, don't be selfish. Don't just think of yourself or vain conceit, which means don't think that you're the you're 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 the most important person all the time. That if you know if you don't get it all, that it's something wrong, it's terrible, don't be conceited. Rather, in humility, value others, listen to what it says, above yourselves. Wow. It's not just saying treat people equal with you, it's saying that put other people above you which is really hard. Not looking to your own interests, not which is just as what's good for you, but, to, but each of you to the interests of the others. So don't just think about what you have and what you should get and how many presents you should receive, but all year long, think about other people. Maybe what they don't have. Maybe someone that you're close to is, doesn't have as much as you have. And God is saying you need to share with that person. Jesus is saying... You, need to, you have to have the same attitude as I have. And I want you to share. I want you to, I want you to care about other people. I want you to love other people. He says, have the same attitude as me. In other words, put other people first. So here, I'll give you an example. If you had a cookie, I mean those big old cookies, okay? Whatever kind of cookie you like the most. And you and Jesus were going to split the cookie, right? And Jesus snapped the cookie and there was a bigger half and a little smaller half. And Jesus was the one giving out the cookie for you and for himself. Which, which cookie do you think he would give you, the larger half or the smaller half? The larger half, right? Right? I remember when, when Kim and Jen were younger and we'd have cookies and they would, they would argue over who gets the bigger half. And finally I said, well, here's what you do. One of you breaks the cookie and the other one gets to choose which side they want. They get out rulers and all kinds of diagrams and cut that cookie right down. It was perfectly even at that point. But if you were sharing a cookie with Jesus and he snapped it in half and he had a big half in one hand and a small half in the other, you would get the big half. He would get the small half. Why? Because he cares more about you than he cares about himself. Because he wants to give it to you. Because he loves you. Because he loves to share. Because he loves to give. And he says, I want you to be like me. I want you to be like me, caring about other people. I give you a lot. I'll give you gifts. But I want you to have that same attitude of caring and sharing as well. 
Now, I'm going to tell you another story in a couple of minutes. But first, I'm going to have Matt come up, and he's going to sing a really fun song that we can clap to, and we're going to show you a video. So and I want to tell you another, I feel like a game show host coming up on the stage. <laughs> now I want to tell you a real, another good story. Because, you know, I told you about the little boy and you think, oh, the kids have a bad attitude all the time. Adults don't have bad attitudes. I'm going to tell you a story about someone who had a bad attitude. His name was Jonah. And Jonah told, uh, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. And uh, Jonah was like, well, I don't really like those people. I like the fact that you're giving me gifts and my people gifts, but I don't like the the Ninevites, so I'm not going to go there. And he had a bad attitude, and he jumped on a ship. And instead of going to Nineveh, he went to Tarshish, which was the other direction. So he's on the ship, and he's on the ocean, and all of a sudden, a huge storm comes up. And there's waves, and there's, there's, you know, there's surf coming up, and it's just crazy, and there's lightning and thunder and he's and he's he's on the boat and and the captain's all worried about it and the sailors are all worried because the boat's gonna the ship's gonna sink and say whose fault is it they said whose fault is it that this is happening and they realize oh it's jonah's fault and so they say well we don't want to throw him overboard because we don't want to just have him over in over in the water and drown but jonah said hey it's my fault throw me over so they end up throwing him over even though they didn't want to they cared about jonah they didn't want him to die so they throw him overboard he lands in the water and he's going down he's drowning and god sends a huge fish and it goes like that sucks him right in and so he's inside this fish and the fish is like, man, Jonah tastes nasty. And so he spits him up on Nineveh. Now, that's not in the Bible. I just, you know, I could just imagine the fish thinking he's nasty. So he takes Jonah and he spits him up on shore in Nineveh. And Jonah gets out. I'm making this up too. And he's like, oh, man, guts. He didn't like fish guts. And he stunk. And no one wanted to be around him. I'm making this up. But he got on the shore, right? And he said, well, now that I'm here, I better do what God tells me to do. But he still had a bad attitude about it. And so God sends him to Nineveh, and he goes to Nineveh, and instead of having that good attitude, he still has a, like kind of a, a sour kind of uh, look on his face, and God says, listen, Jonah, I, I love you, but I love the people of Nineveh as well, and I want the people of Nineveh to be a part of my family. I want them in the family. So here's what I want you to do. Listen to me. I want you to go to the people of Nineveh. Because I love them so much. And I want you to tell them to stop being bad and to start being good and to obey me. I want them to go from the naughty list to the nice list. Okay? That's what I want to happen. So I want you to go there and I want you to tell them. And so he goes there, again, with kind of a bad attitude. And he tells them. And here's what happens. The people of Nineveh say, we're sorry. We're sorry, God. And they repent, if the word is repent, and they say we're sorry. And God says, you're forgiven. If you say you're sorry, I forgive you. The people of Nineveh are happy. God is happy. Guess who's not happy? Jonah. Jonah's not happy at all. Because he, God has given his people the gifts, if you will. God has given him, the the people of Israel, gifts, and and Jonah's a part of those people, and so God is blessing them, and he doesn't want God's blessing to go to the people of Nineveh, so even, he was hoping they wouldn't say they were sorry, so they they would get punished instead of getting a blessing. So Jonah has a bad attitude. He's not happy at all. I'm going I'm to read you in Jonah chapter 4 what happens. It says, but, Jonah, to, but to Jonah this seemed very, very wrong. And he became angry. 
And he prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is why I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah was smart the first time. He didn't say anything. He just, he, he just, he just here's what he does. I'll tell you exactly what he does. It says, Jonah had gone out and sat down in a place east of the city. And what that means is, basically, Jonah went to his room and started to pout, being a big baby about it. That's exactly what he did. Instead of being happy about what God has done for the people of Nineveh, Jonah's not happy now. Because they're going to be blessed as well. They're going to be part of the family as well. They're going to receive gifts, if you will, as well. And so he goes like that little boy. He goes to his room, except he's sitting on a little hilltop, and he starts to pout. He starts to pout about all that's going on. And there he made for himself a shelter, and he sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. He was hoping that God would change his mind and not give them his blessing. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow over Jonah and gave him shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. Why was he happy about the plant? Because God was giving him something special. God was doing something for him. And when God was doing something for him, then he was happy about it. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun arose, God provided a scorching each wind, east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, go tell it to Oprah. No, he didn't say it. He said, <laughs> God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm angry enough, and I wish I were dead. I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. Just like the mom said to that little boy, do you have any right to be angry about the gifts? You didn't pay for them. You didn't, you didn't work for them. They were given to you as a gift. Do you have any right to be angry about the gifts? And the little boy said, I'm angry, you've ruined Christmas. And he ran up in his room and he slammed the door. And when God said to Jonah, Do you have any right to be angry about the plant or about anything that I'm doing here? He said, I am so angry, I wish I were dead. It's like stomping your feet and saying, this isn't fair, it's not fair. That's what he's saying. It's not fair. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals? So God God's saying to Jonah, I love you. I love the people of Israel. But I love the people of Nineveh too. And I want them to be a part of our family. And I want to be able to bless them and give them good things. Jonah's not liking it at all, but that's what God's telling him. You have no right to be angry about that. You have no right to have that kind of attitude. I want you to have the right attitude. I want you to care about other people. I don't just want you to care about yourself is what God is telling him. You're only caring about yourself. You're not caring about anyone else. And God says, I want you to have a different attitude. 
He wanted him to share with the people of Nineveh all the gifts that God had given to him. But that's not what Jonah wanted. Jonah was not happy the entire time, and he had an attitude the entire story, except when he was underwater and he didn't want to drown, and then he changed his attitude. But once he was back on shore, then he had an attitude again. Each one of us, here's the reality, each one of us, whether we're one or 101 here this morning, need to decide what kind of people are we going to be? What kind of, not just at Christmas time, all the time. What kind of person am I? Am I only going to care about myself? When you're at school, the way you can, the way you can care about other people is that you can go and you can invite someone to your lunch table who's sitting by themselves. You can you cannot pick on someone when everyone else is picking on someone. You don't pick on that person. You maybe help them. If you see someone who needs something, if you have two of something and, and they have none, they forgot to bring something to school, you give them one of yours. That's what Jesus would do. Because Jesus wants us to be like him. And so we need to ask ourselves, doesn't matter how old you are, do I want to who do I want to be like? Am I going to be a person who just cares about myself or am I going to be a person who cares about others as well? Jesus loves us and Jesus wants us to love each other. And here's something magic about love, the way God made it. God gives us love, okay? And we have this love and we're saying, ooh, love, I like, I like, it's great, I have love. The more love you give to other people, I'll give you some and 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 I'll give, the more I give my love away, the more love I have to share. It just keeps growing and growing. So the more I give it, the bigger it gets. And the more I have, it's magic. The opposite is also true. If you don't share your love, if you don't give, if you're not concerned about other people, it shrinks. It becomes less and less and less. So it's this amazing thing. If you give love away in in all kinds of ways, you can think of all kinds of ways to give your love away, sharing with other people. Here's something would be real magical, being nice to your brother or sister, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? You know why it's so amazing? Because God's going to think, Jesus is going to look down from heaven and think, that is such a great job. You, You had such a great attitude. When someone got something that maybe you didn't get, you, you, maybe you shared the half of the cookie that was bigger. He's gonna, he cares about that stuff. He really does. He cares about you having the, a good attitude and a good heart about giving to other people and sharing with other people and being kind to other people and protecting other people. He cares about those things and he's looking down. And one day you're going to get to heaven from a long, long time from now. And you're going to walk up to Jesus and he's going to say, thank you so much for giving me the bigger half of the cookie. Thank you so much for coming and letting me sit at your lunch table. I was all by myself. Thank you so much that time I forgot my pencil, I forgot my pen, or I forgot whatever, and you gave me one of yours and, I, and so that I could take the test so that I had something I didn't feel uncomfortable. Thank you so much for inviting me to be your friend. Thank you so much for inviting me to the party. Thank you so much. And you're going to say, what are you talking about, Jesus? When did I ever do that for you? And know what he's going to say? He's going to say, whatever you did for the least of these you did for me which means whatever you did kind for someone else, it's like doing it for Jesus. And Jesus is going to thank you when you get to heaven for doing that. And that's really, really cool. Jesus doesn't want you to be like that little boy who goes stomping off and slams the door of his room and says, you ruined Christmas because I didn't get the most gifts. He doesn't want you to be like that little boy. He doesn't want you to be like Jonah. 
He doesn't want you to have that attitude and not care about other people. He wants you to be like himself. Jesus wants you to be like him because Jesus loved you so much. He gave his life for you. He, would all, he loves you so much. He always gives to you. And he says, listen, I want you to grow up and be just like me. I want your parents to grow up and be just, just like me. I want you to grow up and be just like me. And if everyone would try to be just like me, the world would be a lot better. The world would be a much better place if we all tried to be like him. So when you leave here today, what I want you to do is think of how can I be kind to someone else? How can I say something nice to my parents and thank them for all they give me? How can I say something nice to my brother or sister? How can I be kind to someone when I go back to school? All of those things. Think about how you can be that kind of person, how you can be more like Jesus, because that's what he wants us to be. Okay? Let's sing that last song. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we can spend together. And I pray, dear God, that our hearts and our minds will be turned to you. This, this whole season is about you, about your sacrifice, about loving us so much that you sent your son to come into this world for us, that we could have a relationship with you. I pray that we would lay aside all the busyness and the craziness and all the schedules and, and Lord, make time to just focus our attention on you. Lord God, not only in our words may we praise you, but in our lives I pray that we would praise you as well and that our children would see how we live and want to live and be like us because we want to be like you. We love you, Jesus. God, I thank you so much for this church. Such an incredible Christmas season and just the joy and the laughter we've had this past few months, Lord God, and all the opportunities to give us to grow together and to build relationships with one another. And God, I pray for 2015 as well. I pray that you would bless us and we're going to give you the praise and glory in advance for what you're going to do. You've blessed us so much, Lord. You've given us so much this year. The transformation we've seen in this property and not only in the, the physical property, Lord God, but in our lives. The people who have come to know you, the people who have grown in their relationship with you and sacrificed so much, stepped out in faith to do incredible things. And God, you've blessed us so much. We pray that we would be a blessing in the lives of others, that we would just give away all that you have given to us, the love that you give to us, the resources that you give to us, Lord, that we would give that away, that we would share our love with everyone we come into contact with. And God, we know that in a few days we're going to be celebrating Christmas and think about Christmas Eve. I pray that you just bring us back together here, Lord. Those will be in town and we would just truly lift up our voices and praise to you, have an opportunity to worship you together as a family once again. Pray for those who are traveling, Lord, and visiting family, and I just pray that you would, we just pray that you would keep them from the carelessness of others, Lord God, that you keep them safe, you bring them back to us safely, Lord God. We love you, we praise you, we celebrate who you are. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a blessed week.